You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Happy uh, Fireworks Day. Happy Fireworks Day. Are you celebrating fireworks? That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, during this podcast, we are recording at <laughs> 10 o'clock at night on, on, the, 4th on the 4th of July. So that's probably In the a heavily wor- populated suburban neighborhood. Probably the worst time In ever. In a state that is legal to sell, buy, and use fireworks. So. so, we are, it does sound like we're in the middle of a bombing attack. Um, well, I think that's a bit of a stretch, but. It was pretty crazy when we were actually watching the movie, and our, <laughs> our home theater. Is quite we got quite a good speaker set up and it was pretty loud. Somebody was setting some fireworks off to the side of us and we we're in the basement in the ground basically, and you could hear it over the movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Which um, was pretty crazy. It is so, to be expected. So yeah, happy uh, ID four as I like to call. Why it. do you say ID four? I don't get it. It's um, it's a movie reference. The movie Independence Day is actually yeah. codenamed ID four. Independence Day four. Independence Day four. What? Fourth of July. Right. So okay. I, I was when I twittered and called it ID four. I was it was a movie. Uh, I understand that, but why call the day that? I didn't get it, but that's fine. It's just because it's just Independence Day, or it's Fourth of July. But the code name for the movie was ID four. It's actually on the cover of Independence Day. They actually call it ID four on some of the collector's editions. It, so it, it wasn't that the kickoff of um, like big Fourth of July movies. I believe so. Yeah, yeah, that year particularly. Um, and it's still a great movie to this day. I think. And I say just be independent every day, you know, and try wherever you are. If you're not in a place where it's uh, particularly championed, like in England, for example, to have a free mind and a free will and independence from your, from everybody around you, make the most of it. So this is Sunday, July the 4th, 2010. This is after the show number 129. And this week, talking of independence, we're looking at like an independent movie called Greenberg on Blu-ray disc. This is a 2010 movie, 2010 release. It will be released on Blu-ray and DVD Tuesday the 13th of July. So we're looking at another week. This is an early review. Mm. Um, And it's from our friends at Universal. And you're going to tell us what this movie is all about. Is it really independent? It's uh, (laughs) it's a winner of some independent... It, yeah. it goes in the category of like independent movies, even though it's a studio movie. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, it is about a 40-year-old man reevaluating his life, kind of, but in a very kind of subtle way. Wants to do nothing, detached from everybody. Everything pisses him off. Everything annoys him, and he's so closed up and tight, and like you just want to shake him and like say... Dude, you're wasting your life with all this misery about every little detail all around you. And then, slowly, it gets sort of chipped away. Kind of, sort of. You know what I mean? It's sort of a question of, am I fine the way I am and can I still be happy in life as I grow up? Or do I need to change to be happy in life? And and he's also just had a nervous breakdown. Yeah, I don't actually find that relevant, to be honest. I mean, he's it's because... I don't even know if that's what it was. He's he tells, just so, he says... I know what I'm saying is, though, it's just he's too tightly wound and everything got to him I mean, at his some brother point. says at the beginning. Yeah, no, but I mean, everything got to him. He gave up. He dropped out, went to a mental institution. But we don't see any of this stuff. And now he's... But I don't actually think that's what it was. So I let's say a troubled fellow. Um, it's kind of... 
I, I seem as troubled. But anyway, let's move on to the the movie itself. I can see why you would think that. Why? I think you have a little of his tightness as well. Well, let's move on to the, <laughs> let's move on to the movie. So, um, I, I didn't put. Uh, I've just looked at the cast and I didn't write everybody down because I didn't know who anybody was. Uh. So when we get to the cast, I'm going to have to get the box and have a look. But anyway, the movie itself. Um, it's one of my favourite types of movies, and I've I've learned this over the years. Um, Away we go as one mm-hmm. as well, and just these smaller, quieter, not necessarily a movie about anything, more just. Um, I mean, not like with a great. Um, it's the kind of movie a lot of people would say is boring because not not much happens, um, and this movie in particular, it's just a small slice of somebody's life, like a. It's almost like I've said before. It's almost like just looking through a window at some people go about their stuff for a period of time, um, and these are my favourite type of movies. And this, I don't, I'm not familiar with this director's work. He's done quite a few. I mean, Fantastic Mr. Fox, yes, because he, he co-wrote that one. But I'm not familiar with his style. Some might say this movie is slightly pretentious. I guess um, it has a whiff. Of pretentiousness. Mm. Even the name to me is like, okay, because, you know. Well, can't help your name, right? I don't mean that. The name of the movie. Just naming it Greenberg because that's his name and it's kind of about him and he's very narcissistic. I'm, I'm thinking and, more of this L.A. kind of. But there again, that's what... It's almost an unpretentious look at L.A. Yeah. And then it feels pretentious because they're trying a little bit too hard to make it just a casual... Kind of like Girl in the Cafe. You know what I mean? Like, where she lived and sort of her, you know, that that, that was a good... Not Girl in the Cafe. No, 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 no. The girl, the... Not the Girl in the Cafe. The other one. The, um... Steve Martin. Shop Girl. Shop Girl, yeah. That sort yeah, of, that's like... Yeah, like, that's like this movie. Yeah, actually. like a tap into just sort of... You know, we think of Hollywood as a glinty... Well, some people would, you know, and you 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 think of Beverly Hills and stuff like that, but it's, this, the, it's just a city. Yeah, I, it's exactly. Crummy, um, it's cruddy. I, it's cr- it's got cracks and. I actually said that I don't know anything about um, Hollywood, but um, one afternoon I was watching, of all things, Tom Green, Tom Green's The Channel um, on TomGreen.com, and he did like a two-hour. I'm just going to go and walk around Hollywood and show you it. You know, in a funny way, like... And he walked around all the shitty parts of Hollywood, which (laughs) he said, these might seem to you like the shitty parts of Hollywood, but these are actually the main parts of Hollywood. Yeah, definitely. Like, the parts that are glamorous are very few and far between. Most of it's shitty. And he walked around, and yes, it looks like this movie. Just normal... Yeah, like you... Places on a corner, and like, uh, car sales, and, and... But then it's kind of weird things mixed in, like a bus shelter... There's a good one on this movie. He's waiting in a bus shelter, and behind him is like a Maserati dealer or something. And you right know, next like to that a, is like a yoga college, yeah, which is like an like interesting combination. Yeah, so, you know, yeah, it does portray... And I definitely feel, and it was something I felt while I was watching this, and it... I almost... I should have recommended this, but Robert Altman's... Um, the one that you told me to watch, because I like Shortcuts. Shortcuts. It really reminded mm-hmm. me of the way that portrays it. Just the just the thing of L.A. being not glamorous. Yeah. Nothing, nothing else remotely is like this movie no. at all. But just the, the idea that I just got this vibe of Altman's it's not manufactured. Stuff. It's a, it's just like you know. And this movie's kind of filmed in that Altman way. It's kind of quiet, but I, that's how I like to describe it. It's just 
normal things going on. Nothing out of the ordinary. See, and I, I just absolutely disagree with you. I that's mean, absolutely. Just... When you say this movie's about nothing... No, that's not... You said that's like a movie about nothing, really. No, I, I don't mean that. I mean that it's not like a meteor's going to hit the planet. or There's right. no big cataclytic event at all like in it. It's relationships and state of mind and friendships and, you know, that sort of stuff. My favourite types of movies, mm. I've realised. Because, you know, Magnolia being my favourite movie of all time. That's what that's about. It's it's a small movie about relationships and stuff. Tor- tortured relationships. <laughs> yeah, but Troubled. interesting. Like um, like Shortcuts we just mentioned, really interesting. And filmed in this... See, I really admire that Shortcuts after watching it. Because it's filmed in this really, some people would say, boring. It's a real flat kind Stark, of... Stark, like, as well. And like... it's also very... F- it's almost just like... It's very long dialogue sequences that some would say... And it say, is pretentious as well. When you yeah, watch it again, yes, and you it go, mm, I mean, it's, it's a semi-manufactured kind of a um, theatrical view of gritty real life. And yet, when you're watching it, there's a tension all the time. And in this one as well, there's a tension because you don't know... Like, we're not even talking about Greenberg, but it's the same thing. In this one, it's just life and stuff. And as you want life and stuff, it's just... Him kind of swimming through these few weeks of how sitting his his brother's house, the dog, taking care of the dog, taking care of the pool, the girl who works, or the young woman who works for his brother, you know, kind of a nanny assistant type of a person. And you feel this sort of tension all the time because the music kind of, one of your recommendations does this as well. The music, the tone, it feels a bit tragic and like something bad or sad is going to happen and yet it's all... It's also sort of redeeming all the time. I also, it's, very, it's hard to describe. I also got the feeling from this movie, from the very moment we meet Ben Stiller until the end, and he he pulls this off amazingly, that it's very difficult to live in his skin. Mm-hmm. As Greenberg, not as Ben Stiller. Well, well that's, maybe that's I think that's reflected, yeah. But I, I think... felt uncomfortable. Because the movie's played from the angle of Greenberg. Like, it's everything he's experiencing. Not really from the other character's point of view, from his point I'm gonna of view. Say, I'm going to throw a real-life thing at you. I feel like that's how you are occasionally about certain things. Yeah, there's lots of things I relate to. And that's why I think you see him as troubled and kind of maybe you have more sympathy for him than I do. I think he's a selfish prick. And right. he needs to get over himself. You know, he needs to shake off some of that shit. And while you might feel it inside, all these anxieties and stuff... You know what? People who love you and are around you, I'm saying, like, he obviously tunes people out because he doesn't care, but he does deeply care. And that's, he doesn't know how to, like, crack through his own selfish little bubble, you know? But and I really like, shake I, I mean, he's really affected by most everything, and he's got these weird quirks where he writes letters <laughs> yeah. of complaint. He writes letters of, like, physical wrote, not emails, letters of complaint to companies, companies. over all kinds of things, like, what? Starbucks, he just... I do it, don't I? He wrote a letter of complaint to Starbucks about what? Like, like they're just not that They do successful. 90% right, <laughs> 10% sucks, and yeah. they, you know, don't, and they wrote to the airline. But the thing is, it's like his... It's his um, comfort to me. Like, he's to cope, to cope, to get stuff out, that's where he, you know, And the and th- truth is, everyone should do that. Those yeah. kinds of things, you know? He has an honest opinion of something, and he writes it eloquently and should get it out. And yet, in li- and I don't think everyone should be the same, and everyone should, like, cope with every situation the same. We can't, right? But 
when someone there's one scene where he's talking to Jennifer Jason Lee, right, in the restaurant and he's talking about his dog being sick and she says, Yeah, my mom's sick and then he goes on talking about his dog being yeah. sick. Like he and then at the end of that and she's looking at him she's kinda of looking around like, Okay, that is just one they, more sign okay, this guy is just the same as he always was. Told, and she wasn't gonna press it or anything and then he's like, Oh, sorry about your mom kind of like yeah. and then she's like, Check please because He's so wrapped up in himself, and then, but inside, he doesn't want that. It's just, but he. And the only time he's not completely wrapped up with himself is at one point in a movie where he's completely uh, wrecked on cocaine. <laughs> yeah, that kind of brings him out. And yet he's still real controlled. It's a weird thing. He I mean, is, but not as. It's yeah. a weird. I, I really like that scene. How they like he's in a party full of youngsters, and his. He's venomous how, about them. How he feels about... It's really interesting scene and really... And he's totally correct. Yeah, like... Like, I like when he asks these youngsters, and he's completely off his tits at this point, how them having Blackberries and Facebook and all that stuff, how does it... How he's like, are you different because of it? And they're like, yeah. we don't know. <laughs> yeah, because we know? we've yeah. always had it. Like, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, are you different from me? It was a real poignant moment, I I thought. like him saying, you're mean. Because you've had everything, and you're just mean because of it. And, yeah, uh, you know. And I also like the phrase "hurt people, hurt people," mm-hmm. which is the a phrase that it's goes, a real mental health thing thing for people to say. So, yeah. I've, and that's like a really used thing, but it's true. It is true when you think about it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot to love about this movie. Like, not like I'm talking about love. Yeah, because when you like kind of fleck away at it. If you're in your 40s, as I am, as you are, barely, you are <laughs> almost 41, in fact, aren't you? I, I am in my 40s, officially. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I have been for a year. Woo-hoo! Um, when you fleck away at it, you know, uh, some movies are, you just watch and you have a good time, or you watch and you get like a big, you know, like uh, Green Zone versus Green Bird. Yeah, Green yeah. Zone has, it has a message, and yet it's also, you can just let go and like, let the, 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 action of it take over for you. This is a movie where if you're not in love with the ideas and if you yourself haven't thought about am I happy with my life? What did I expect from my life? What am I doing with my life? I'm 40, he's 40. And now you see past like maybe that it is a movie but it's somebody talking about like he goes, what, aging? Well, that It sucks, right? And, I, and I'm like, yes, it totally. Mm-hmm. Getting those stupid fucking reading glasses every time I want to look at something and I'm and that in my mind in my body I'm like I'm still that 21 year old loser chick who you know you have grand ideas about life you not grand like you know but there's so many potential ideas and there still is or options you know in life there still is at 40 but for some reason things just wear you down and this like movie his. kind of reminds you that um you don't you either become happy with the who you are and what you're doing or just shut up, quit whining, and change it. I, I forgot what I was going to say. I, I liked how he said... Uh, oh, God, I totally forgot. Oh, you'll think of it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a good movie. Really good. I, I, um, it's enjoyable. Yeah, and it's in the vein of, like, you know, it's... it's You have to like this type of movie. Because I could think of quite a few people who would say that this was... Not up there. Yeah, but don't you think it's unfair? If you tell them you're going to think it's boring, then they're just going to think it's boring. No, I don't think that at all. I think um, it's a very distinct type of movie, you know. I I was thinking maybe it'd be something like a Wes Anderson movie when I 
saw it, but no, it's not really mm. like a Wes Anderson movie. It's not, is it like a Paul Thomas Anderson movie? Kind of, in a way. Um, just the way it's... But yeah, I, I really agree. And it was something that was in my mind, the Robert Altman reference. And I was like, this feels like kind of like a 70s movie. I was feeling that when I was watching it. Like, it's very stark and very... Um, wordy like you know those 70s like even mm-hmm. apocalypse now even it's like there's a lot of dialogue it's not wordy it's people talking people call it wordy as an insult but i think it's, that's not what i mean i don't mean an insult diet, like i mean i mean a lot of dialogue like paul dialogue. thomas anderson like uh he will spend you know 10 minutes just having a conversation when with did that skin. become bad i don't get it no, I'm saying it's not true. from you. I mean from people. Why do we have to justify? Because, why do we even? You know, it it became bad when like the the fashion is to watch like Spider Man or something like. I mean, or whatever. I don't think it's that recent. I think there's like no. I don't Smith mean. Is, like, I don't mean exactly when Spider Man started. I mean when big blockbusters came about and people have short attention spans and you know uh, the mainstream audience want to see explosions and. Is everyone an idiot except for us? No, there's lots of people who like intellectual cinema, um, if you want to put it that way. I don't think this would be considered that, but I mean, it's kind of in between there. Well, it's not. Yeah. This is not an original take on anything, necessarily. It's got some original bits and pieces because of the things he's doing, but, you know... I'm saying it's <laughs> I think it. this. I think this movie wins, for me, an, an award. For It's got a scene in it. That I've never seen in any ever any other movie, and it's the most awkward sex scene I've oh ever God, seen. Yes. <laughs> That's all we're gonna say. Don't I say mean, anything else. If Don't. you were to give an award for the most, uh, a way you actually feel, this... I didn't put my hands up over my face. Yeah, it's like, just oh. so weird, like and abrupt. And I was like, oh my God, this is like, I, I uh, and I was like, I was taken taken aback by it. I was like, oh my God, this is, yeah. So if you, if anything. This, you know, if you're not into this kind of movie, there is a scene where you will... What a weird recommendation. What do you mean? What would I like to say? Like, if nothing else, watch it for this awkward scene. No, I'm just saying, is this all... <laughs> it's, it's probably the most awkward scene I've ever seen. I wouldn't go that far, but it's quite awkward. No, I would go that far, and I've seen, like, you know, there's awkward teen sex comedies, like American Pie and stuff, where he fucks the pie. I feel like this is more awkward than that. Because it's just... More real than that. Yeah, yeah. And just really odd. Like, I mean, very um, possible. There's two, actually. So. Yeah, there's two, but the first one in particular, I was... Like, I think they're equal, in my mind, yeah. But anyway, um, so uh, we'll move on to the cast, and this is where I will have to um, consult the cover and your screen that just went I off. I know. So um, we've got Ben Stiller as Roger Greenberg. Um, I think it's a... A amazing performance by him. I think uh, Adam Sandler in Punch Drunk Love, his best performance. Um, ben Stiller has had good performances also in the past. What was the one that I, I really loved it? I can't remember what it was called though, where he was like a druggie or something. Oh, I thought you said it was crap. Midnight oh. something. Yeah, I really like that one. What, what was, why do you always say I think it's crap? Because I thought you did. I remember no. you didn't you, you, think it was There was a good. movie the other day that you said I thought it was crap. And I absolutely you did. Re- no, I absolutely did not. <laughs> you did? No, I didn't. Um, yeah. So, no. He's, he has done good performances before. And like I was just saying, Adam Sandler's best performance is Punch Drunk Love by far. I agree. Um, 
And Ben Stiller's good at the comic stuff, like Tropic Thunder, obviously. I mean, that's what he is. He's a comic. But this is absolutely not a comic. He's just... It's acting. Like, I mean, he's just an... Do you reckon? Because I think part of it's him. Mm, and so it's... I'm uh, not sure, because I don't know anything. I'm just saying, it, it's... It's a very transparent character that you... You know, you have to really know that guy to be able to do it. And I'm not saying that takes away from the acting. I'm saying it's, really, it's a very internal... All the little bits and pieces of his... Just everything from, like, when they're in the car and he's looking through her CDs and he's looking down and she's, you know, and she's driving or whatever and there's a stoplight and he's, like, looking and you can see him looking through the CDs and his eyes just barely glance up and he goes, you've got your light. And he kind of looks around. Like, he can't even... He has to control everything. He has to tell her that the light has turned green and then he keeps on going with what he's doing. But it's really subtle and... I don't know if he's like that. I'm not saying he's like that. I'm saying that it's, like... He's got to be drawing from something, you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's, it's, uh, but yeah, it's very not, specific. It's not a comic performance. And no. this, this movie kind of, reading the back cover here, they kind of try and sell it as a comedy. Um, it's got some comic moments. Yeah. But it's more... I don't feel that it's a comedy, really. I mean, yes, there's some... But there's comic moments in life. I mean, me and you yeah, say you something to each other. Yeah, you laugh at uncomfortable things. That's yeah. what the thing so is. So it's not... A, here they try and sell it like uh, Ben Stiller is humorous and wickedly humorous on the back and stuff but no I think it's the most serious moments where he shines I agree and um, the second person in the movie is Reese Ifans who um, plays Ivan Schrank um, I love him very nice very nice and that's fact. another um, real I feel like he's a real guy, Me like too. a real performance. Totally, like. totally. Um, it's not like a, even though that we said this movie's semi-pretentious, these characters don't feel, especially this guy, Reese Ifans, he, he feels like your friend, like just somebody who's there. Having a hard time, kind of, but really, he's the one working at pulling his sort of problems, he's working them out on his own, and yeah. still has this sort of like... Um, approachability to him, whereas Ben Stiller's guy, it's like there's a there is a. I mean, it sounds so boring, but there seriously is like a vibe of just get the fuck away from me because I'm going to criticize you or put you down or tell you how stupid you are or tell you how stupid the world is. And then Reese Ifans guy has maybe has that in him. You know, you get a little hints of his past and whatnot, but he's trying. He's seeing like the glory in things, like having a son and. Yeah, Feeling trying, to, about his trying life. to figure himself out. Yeah, exactly. And, and grow up, like because. And his reactions to some of what Ben Stiller said or what Greenberg says, it, they're just—it's like because they've been apart for a while. They're not totally friends anymore. There's been trouble in the past, and he's looking at him, and I totally identified because when, sort of a friendship, or if you could call it that, that I had had from college, and then being together, kind of in a condensed little version of a vacation. It's not quite I had the what same, you imagined. Yeah, and that person in that relationship, it's just not... You You find yourself going, right, this... Do I have to stay in this friendship forever? Because I don't like you anymore. I don't get you. I don't, I don't have anything for you, and there's nothing in me anymore for this. And he looks at him occasionally like that, but also with this, like, there's... No, nah, I, want, I want you to still be my friend, but it's really subtle and... I thought yeah, and, between and the two of them were some of my best moments. I think what's really good, and it's a credit to the script, the, the Reese Ifans character doesn't have a lot of words, but what when he does say stuff, mm. it, it tells a lot. Like, yeah, totally. Because sometimes you can just be sat there listening. Um, and the, the, the part where he comes into the house and he sits on the speaker. Yeah, yeah. 
and and there's the weird because he's got these he's like it's, there's just a whole vibe and he's not really saying a lot but the what he's it's uncomfortable you understand the character just from some movements and stuff it's interesting it's um I think it was a real you know when I just said Ben Stiller is that I think I feel like he Reese Ivans even though he's not in all the scenes is one of the best things about the movie and I oh totally and you know some people might say well Reese Ivans is hardly in it doesn't matter. It doesn't. He's, he's, he's got he's exact powerful. Right, yeah, powerful. Um, and then we've got the lady of the piece who, who I didn't write down because I not didn't know who she was, and she's um, Greta Gerwig, mm-hmm. and she played the name of the character was see this Florence. Yeah, Florence. Um, now, do you know her from elsewhere? I think I've seen her before. I don't know, but I really loved her. That yeah, she was so really did that. good. Um, at first, when I saw her from a distance walking down the street, I thought it was Kate Winslet. But then I thought, no, it's a younger girl. Because there was like a, a, a far mm. distance shot of her. And then uh, she was walking the dog at the beginning. Um, she's really good. I mean, and like I say, the awkward scenes and the scenes where it's just this... It's a real odd relationship between her and Ben Stiller. Because like we've said, it, yeah. Ben Stiller's the... The brother of her boss. Yeah, you could say kind of a loserish kind of brother because the other brother's super successful, right? Well, see, that's the point, though. He's not. No, he's, he, no, he's not. No. He's choosing in his life not to go along with all this other bullshit yeah. that people so think he have to do. Opposite to his brother, because yeah. his brother's successful, going off. In fact, the beginning of the movie, his brother leaves, leaves them in charge of the house. Well, leaves Greenberg. Florence in charge of the house, and he Greenberg guy gets to stay there while his brother's away, but. They forge a little relationship together, and the weird scenes between because the relationship's based on what, like you know, it's because just what she said, hurt people, hurt people. So there's like yeah. a magnet for each other. Yeah, you know. And she, yeah, you you see a little bit of insight into how she, her life is going at the beginning. They spend yeah. like five minutes kind of setting her up, and that's just enough, really, because you do understand where she's at, don't you? I'm, I'm saying it's a good script. Jennifer Jason Lee um, co-created this with Noah. Um, so yeah I loved her um, I'm, I think this is it this is where we're finding this movie's good it's the cast isn't yeah it? totally and the writing though um, and then I've got Jennifer Jason Lee as Beth she's not in it a big amount no but she's fine good yeah, I mean I'm is. not a big fan so it, every time I've seen her and I do like her I'm always like surprised and um, yeah that's that, they're the main people I mean it really is there's other people. It's quality, yeah. Um, is I recognized his brother too. I can't. Mm, I didn't. He sounded like Ben Stiller. So no, I know <laughs> that guy. I, I've seen him in something. But yeah, these are the main people who are in this movie. Um, and the dog. The dog was really good. The dog's in it a lot. <laughs> the yeah. dog's probably in it more than Reese Ifans is. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, there's a dog in here. Um, and the dog is kind of key also mm-hmm. to the Greenberg characters, kind of. I don't know, experience over this summer. Because it's just like... A few weeks. Yeah, a few weeks over a summer. Um, And there are some funny parts. When I said earlier that it's not particularly... There are some actually laugh-out-loud parts. Um, I mean, to me, the humour comes from when you really boil it down, this guy is completely self-absorbed. Like, absolutely. Except for the tiniest bit. He's building a doghouse for a dog he doesn't know. He's taking care of his brother's house because he has nowhere else to be, basically. I mean, he has a home and stuff, but, I mean, he just has nothing else going on, you know? So, when it's... The funny part... I even laugh, like, when I... 
not. I don't think it's supposed to be funny. But when Ben Stiller is like carpentering, <laughs> I find that really funny. Mm-hmm. And if, like because that part didn't quite go together for me, except when you just get your mind there and say, "This guy is like totally anal retentive, OCD ish type uh-huh. of guy." So it's that construction, you can yeah, really put building into. something with lots of straight lines and perfect measurements is is totally him. And when he does pick up his hammer and stuff, it seems. Semi-natural, but then I just giggle inside because I'm like, has Ben Stiller ever built anything in his life? And it's one of those movies where I can't separate I'm looking at Ben Stiller. It's not well, one of those let me put, me. let me put this to you. Can you separate um, in Punch Drunk Love Adam Sandler from... Yes. Yes, and so can I. Yes. And in this, I can also. I couldn't. See, I, I did in both. And that's why I compare it to Punch Drunk Love because it's a comic person doing a really... Heartfelt performance, I think. Oh, I agree. Both, both. Punch Drunk Love's got a lot of similarities. You know, there's a odd the tone, yeah. love story. There's a they're odd people, hurt there's people. Tension all the time because yeah. you feel like something ominous is out there. Yeah, I think, I think Punch Drunk Love's a little bit darker than this. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, just in general, a but, lot of it. But both of them Makes ring. Me want to watch it again? Yeah, both of them ring true to me in that, like a comic actor. Really pulling it off. Not like, oh, he didn't do that good. Should like, we be surprised? Because, I mean, they are actors. They are, but, you know, we always are surprised, aren't we? When, you, you know, you see a billion Adam Sandler films, and then he's, he's never... Do- Adam Sandler, for instance, he did, he's done a lot of films, and Little Nicky and all that stuff, and then Punch Drunk Love, and ev- since then, we've still not seen him in another... He's still only Yeah, funny people. He wasn't totally... It was a... Yeah, and then, you know, my favourite two Adam Sandler films are Funny People and Punch Drunk Love. <laughs> so, you know, I guess there's more people who prefer him being the water boy, though, isn't there? And that's why he goes that way. Like, the money is over that side. So, yeah, you pull up the two worst of his comedy movies in your brain Little instead Nicky of the good the ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, which, well, I, I'm trying I to I guess think. it's question. I mean, I guess it's all toss-up, really. Yeah, then... Why are people so stupid? Why do we have to have... Why we? I'm going to talk collectively because I'm one of this human race. Why do we think everything has to be so fucking simple and dummied down to have an entertaining, satisfying experience? Why do we have to tune out so much to like life and messages and... I mean, yeah, it's fun sometimes to just let go. But in fact, I'm more satisfied when I've watched a story... Funny action, whatever, with like some I'm more satisfied real with this meaty people than, and um, real life things. Than a lot of movies, to be yeah. honest. This, that's why I said to you, this type of movie is probably my favorite type of movie. It's, it's just some movies I don't feel satisfied at the end. Correct. Like Green Zone, I felt satisfied in an action kind of thriller kind of way. And then there's other movies, like, you know, there's other movies that just feel throwaway, like I, like, Something like Baby Mama, for instance, it's funny while I watch it, but I take nothing away from it. Like yeah. it's like, it's like. And then food. other people would say, "Well, yeah, I don't want to go to the movies and think." Well, what do you ever think? Yeah. I mean, are you like somebody who just works so hard at thinking every other minute of your life that you have to go to the movies too, or is it the fact that you never concentrate or think about life or meaning of things or how to improve your relationships or maybe how you feel inside your guts? about life and stuff that you don't really talk about. You can't say it out loud because the people around you don't think either. So you keep it all inside. And then you watch a movie that kind of lights a little spark of like, oh my god, I am not the only person on this planet who has a deep, meaningful thought about this thing. And it's sort of... do people Are people afraid of that? 
I mean, mm. it just seems like... I think so. It's frustrating. <laughs> that's why psychiatrists and people like that <laughs> yeah. take so much money. Cause True, yeah, I guess. That's why people do talk about it. Um, so, Ooh, I'm getting hot. Uh, directed by Noah Baumbach, who is a critically acclaimed director who I'm completely unfamiliar with. Um, I do know his titles. He did uh, Kicking and Screaming, The Squid and the Whale, and Margot at the Wedding. I haven't seen any of them. I've heard they're really good, just never got around to seeing them. Now they're going on my list of things to watch after watching Kicking and Screaming, you did say looked lame. Kicking and Screaming. Mm Mm-hmm. That's Wolf Ferrell. Uh Uh-uh. Not that one. Oh, that's Kicking and Screaming. That's not. That's something else. This is a... a serious movie, Kicking and Screaming. Is it? Yeah. I thought Kicking and Screaming was one about the dad who was like the coach of the no, little team. No, it isn't team. that one. That's something else, but... Is no. that called Kicking and Screaming? Uh, I don't know, but that's mm. not Noah Baumbach's Like so, competitive maybe. dad look like. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's not it. Noah Baumbach's is the, he's this kind of movie. Okay. And all of them are. My Go at the Wedding. I haven't heard of that one, I don't think. That was a, actually nominated for an Oscar, I believe, that one. I thought that was the whale one. They said on the extras. That one, definitely. But I think yeah. that other one, too. And he also did the screenplay for the fantastic Mr. Fox with Wes Anderson. Um, Which is a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. Um, so, yeah, I do want to see this director's other work, because if it, if this is anything to go by, I'll enjoy it. I know I will, because it's the this kind of movie, you know. Um, now, Blu-ray... Uh, the Blu-ray looks great, sounds great for one of these type of... Not a surround sound kind of deal, but sounds and looks great. But... As far as extras go, I feel that it, it doesn't have... I, I actually don't mind no, on this movie. No, not at movie, all. Because I feel like I got everything I would get out of the movie. But the extras, they did feel that they needed to throw on there. I would rather they didn't have, wouldn't have thrown them on at all, because they're not any use to it at no. all. There's nothing to them. Um, Other than having about one minute of time with the director talking about yeah, it. That's with, about the only value you get out of it. You get a behind-the-scenes look at Greenberg, which uh, is the first extra, which... After we'd watched it, it lasts about two and a half minutes, three minutes. I you said, I said, oh, that wasn't much of a behind the scenes. And you said, are you sure that was the behind the scenes? Because it felt like the trailer. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> the trailer with Ben Stiller saying something yeah, yeah. in the middle of it. Um, so, yeah, it was really bad. Like, it was mostly the trailer with, like, literally two lines of, somebody, yeah. of Ben Stiller talking. Um and then there was Greenberg uh, Loves Los Angeles, which is like an explanation of how the director wanted Los Angeles to look in the movie, which was the most informative of the three. Um, still very short, mm-hmm. less than three minutes. Um, and Noah Baumberg takes a novel approach, which was the last one, yeah. which was just him also explaining it. Very briefly. Really briefly. And that's it. No it is other. one of those movies that I didn't actually need any... When it was over, I didn't. I was thinking, well, I don't really need to see anything, to be quite honest. I mean... Yeah. Um, well, that's literally everything on this disc, um, and apart from the other stuff, Social Blue, which we still have no idea. Social Blue by Universal. If somebody at Universal can tell me this, I'm going to fire an email off to one of them this week. Do it. When you sign in... Uh, originally. We originally put a Universal disc in, Social Blue pops up, says, do you want to post stuff to your um, social network? We said yes, and we signed you in under your Twitter username and password. Now, every week, it, whenever we play a Universal disc, it says... Do you want to post uh, that you're watching Greenberg to your social network? And we say, sure. Now, I would rather post it to mine, and the only reason we use yours is we didn't know my password. <laughs> so now I want to change it, but we cannot see any obvious way to do it. And we did try. Mm-hmm. And we're not stupid. <laughs> so if anybody can tell we're us deep, how We're to, deep thinkers. And we if anybody who's it. listening to this can tell us how to change the Twitter password and we're missing something, 
Not sure. change the password, but log my mine off and yours on. Yeah, and it even says I'm logged in. As it, my A Scully logo is in the corner. Yet the, your Sony the, thing is logged in, but we just want to change the social network uh, site that we are yeah. sending messages. Who knows to. how it works? Anyway, the, there's that. There's BD Live, which is just a collection of trailers, and there's the Pocket Blue thing, which turns your iPhone into um, a mm-hmm. remote control for your Blu-ray disc, which I find completely pointless. You don't have an iPhone. Even if I did, I've got a remote control right now. <laughs> True. I, I don't see the point. Anyway. Um, oh, that's for people who like to sit while they watch movies and talk on the phone. So then, see, they've got the multiple yeah. use there going on. Oh, my God. Yep. Uh, ADD. <laughs> so, um... Oh, my God, the one scene when they're in the restaurant and the guy's laughing and clapping and being all... And he's like, do I just treat this restaurant like your living room? Fact, oh, my God. We've said we that to that. each other so many oh times. Oh, my God, we say that when about in people the in the theater. Yeah. Like, they act like... Like, I'm not saying be all rigid and, like, everyone should sit very quietly and behave. But, yeah, maybe you should when you're in a theater where people have paid for the tickets. And this guy in the restaurant was real loud and obnoxious. And I like, don't know about most anybody else, but when I'm in the theater, I'm there to watch the movie. Nothing else. I'm just there to watch we the movie. We don't even talk to each other. I'm not there to... We s- don't even talk to each other during the trailers. As soon as those lights go down, we ignore each other. I'm not there to talk to anybody. I'm, I want to see this movie. We paid to watch it, and I don't want to listen to you chomping. I don't want to listen to... You know, we've said this before. I, do. I don't really want to listen to you laughing, even if it's funny. I won't laugh. I don't <laughs> laugh. Um, I, in fact, yeah, If I, even if I feel something's really funny, there's no... Um, like, somebody... Ah! <laughs> I would never do that. My laugh yeah. in the theater is more like just... <laughs> Yeah, like, just, yeah, you don't want to... Uh, I don't even put my mind over my mouth because if I feel like I'm about to, like, chuck loose. And that doesn't make it less fun for me. I'm being respectful of the fact that other yeah, people might not want me to interfere with their listening. Or I, I would, laugh over the next line or the next word or a sound effect. I just don't get it. But that was a really... I love that particular observation. <laughs> like, So, in conclusion for this movie, Greenberg on Blu-ray disc, uh, highly recommended from me. Um, me too. But it is really my type of movie, and uh, I'm I. These kind of movies, they just crop up every once in a while, don't they? It's it's not the you know mostly we get big, you know blockbuster type movies that uh, you know, and then occasionally something like this or one of my recommendations comes. And they along. all do. I mean, they're all the same too. There's a formula it's of these. Like, also, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not like oh my god, they're breaking ground every time they crack open one of these movies and. It's just that it's a different take. And if the people in it make it feel genuine and like they're really tapping into some things you've thought about in your life, whatever the writer puts on the page and they're able to pull it off and then those awkward scenes and it just does something. It kind of reminds you of a few things. You don't, it's not like changing your life necessarily, but then you just, you kind of rework a few things in your brain sometimes. And that's not a bad thing. So, um, yeah, I uh, highly recommend this one. Um, but if you're the kind who only likes uh, block, uh, explosion movies, I probably won't recommend it to you. I would. I'd say... Stop, well, I would recommend it to you, being, but you probably wouldn't be watching this movie Stop being anyway. an idiot if you um, only like explosions. So thanks to Universal for the review copy, and it will be in stores on the 13th of July, so you do, do have to wait another week. Chances are, people who only like blow-up movies stopped listening to this podcast a long time ago. If oh, they've been listening yeah. to the 128 and what, episodes. And what's interesting about this movie, uh, you do have to wait another week for it. Um, uh, for, it's, it comes out on Blu-ray and DVD on the 13th of July. But if you log on to the PlayStation Network or Xbox Live's video service, you can rent it now. Oh, it's really? actually available now. Yeah, so they've got a... Well, 
that's week nice. ahead, um, you know, a week lead on the actual. I list. would say, to be quite honest, I think it's a rental. It's a good. I mean, and even to be even extra honest, it's a good alone movie. I think to be, you know, I mean, it's a yeah, totally. You don't want somebody chattering at you. I mean, we watch it together because we don't really interfere with each other. But I mean. Don't watch it with a bunch of girlfriends or guy friends. I don't think. It's just a quiet thinker kind of enjoy it movie, you know? And rent and rentals are good. Yeah, so yeah, you can get it on there. I noticed it was on there earlier this week actually. I was like, Oh Greenberg, we're gonna be reviewing that this week and when I saw the release date it was that. So they must they must I think Universal do a lot of that now with the video on demand services, so you feel like you're getting something way before it hmm. I bet they do a lot of um, business over the, on that. Because if you log on to there and there's if a movie people, that's not even out yet. If people love that as much as I love Netflix, there's it's because it's crazy good. I think they're all a good deal. I mean, you, there's no need to go to a video store these days. Mm. No, N- not, not with Netflix me. and all the on-demand services we have. Like, I mean, we can turn that Xbox on and rent any movie we want, pretty much. It's, and I have Netflix. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Netflix. People criticize it because the instant streaming doesn't have all the latest blockbusters but it has so many movies I know my god yeah. why do you need the, I mean you can find and amazing the, and, and the point is the instant streaming's growing by the day on Netflix um, and I, I notice newer movies coming to it all the time I've, I've noticed movies on there I'm like wow that only just came out but with your Netflix it doesn't matter if it's not on the instant streaming get the disc the disc will come in the mail not only like, that watch something else yeah but I mean, just you can randomly... you can get the latest movie on a disc in the mail. Yeah, but who, who needs the latest, man? Just like, some people do. Like, rip through, like, thing. pick a year and like look at all the movies in that year and watch something different. But yeah, the instant streaming is getting better by the day, and they just signed a bunch of uh, new instant streaming things with uh, Sony Pictures and stuff. So I think it'll all get better all the time. You know, I think it's perfect the way it is. Um, well, some people uh, complain that it's mostly indie movies and not pictures that they want to see, and. In a way, that is correct, because if you have a look through, it's a lot of the lower-budget movies that are on there, or straight-to-video stuff. And occasionally, there's a Hollywood blockbuster in there. And not, But if you generally, if you search on Netflix for a, a newish, or even last few years' movie you want to watch, you have to order the disc. The funny thing is, I guess I never have. I don't. A big spider just crawled down the wall. Where? Behind that picture of me. Oh, dear. Alright then, so uh, oh dear. yeah, I recommend that movie and uh, thanks to Universal uh, Contest, you can enter uh, contests on this site, go to aschoolie.com, we've got a few uh, contests available at the moment. What's it say at the top of the screen there? Um, it's kind of cut off or something. Oh, okay. Next week's DVD, or next week's review, is um, Hot Tub Time Machine on Blu-ray. Which, um, John Cusack... Why do you say that? (laughs) I don't know, it just doesn't... Are you judging this movie? Yes, I am. I have certain movies that do not appeal to me, not even the tiniest bit. I like John Cusack, Uh but for some reason. But then again, I'm going to be using the modern reason why I shouldn't do that, because Jennifer's body, I was like, oh my god, I'm going to... You should never do that. I think you've done that. I shouldn't do that. Don't pretend you No, you've done that several times. I watch them. And, uh, said they were good at the end, so... Not always. Sometimes I'm right. Most times. Nope. So it's a fun movie, Hot Tub Time Machine. We'll be looking at that next week. You don't know if it's fun. Uh, It looks fun to me. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's about a hot tub time machine. Come on, that's got to be fun, right? So, um... I can't be a hypocrite and pretend I didn't just talk about how stupid and dummy down people are. So I need to... If it has some substance, that'll be awesome. If it's completely hilarious, that'll be awesome. 
So uh, movie recommendations for this week. I've got um, Punch Drunk Love and Away We Go. And my third one will be Shortcuts. Nice. uh, So, yeah, Away We Go, we reviewed. You can probably find the review if you do a search on com for Away We Go. And Punch Drunk Love is um, Paul Thomas Anderson's Adam Sandler movie. Movie. And mine are Italian for Beginners. Because I'm trying to think of another kind of like... um, Sort of that stark, um, intimate, but funny. You know, it's more funny than serious, obviously. Yeah, but it's a really a nice little... Uh, just a nice little movie. It's a time for beginners. It's actually... A, is it a Dutch movie? Was that it? I think I can't so. can't remember. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, and the other one is Venus, which has got... Was it Peter O'Toole? And the young woman. And it's a real... I was starting to think of somebody who's kind of... Um, I don't know the t- troubled, like broken people again. You know, in yeah. life and Venus is very. Um, it's quite, it's quite a serious movie. Yeah, let me yeah. say that. Uh, but it is really good performances. No, oh, yeah, it's and really good Oscar and movie. uncomfortable. That awkward thing you remember in the bathroom when he's uh, yeah, looking at it. Yeah, that that stuff made me think of it. So, Venus and Italian for beginners. And uh, games and A-School stuff for this week. Uh, I've been playing a couple of games this week. Number one was uh, Transformers War for Cybertron. You saw that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a new Transformers game, not based on the Transformers movies, which some people absolutely love because the Transformers movies, two Transformers fans are a complete bastardization of their um, beloved franchise. So, To some fans. To a lot of the fans because it kind of... Do you? Invented... Uh, I see it separate. Okay. As the cartoon I watched when I was a kid. Um, now, this takes Transformers Generation 1, the ones you, if you are my age, that you loved in the 80s, the TV show in the mornings, it takes those Transformers, mixes them a little bit with the ones from the movies, not very much though, it's mainly the ones from the um, cartoon, and it tells the story of the war for Cybertron, which is basically the prequel to the movies... The, the sequel to the cartoon show. Oh, yeah. So it fits right in the middle there. It all takes place on Cybertron, and it's the civil war between the Autobots and the Decepticons. So actually a really interesting story. And the game, like Transformers games in the past, for me, have been shit. Like, they've been basically, choose a Transformer, stu- there's a big map, go and shoot stuff. And they, these were all based on the Michael Bay movies in, before. And they were really bad, like, they were just bad. They were really boring to play, and yeah. it just wasn't fun. I mean, a Transformers game, you think, would be exciting. Oh my god, you get so many options. Yeah. So now this one, how this, what this feels like, um, is like, I love Gears of War. It actually feels like you're playing Gears of War with Transformers. So, automatically makes it really good for me. And... It's huge. Um, I've only played two levels. There's two campaigns. There's the Autobot campaign and the Decepticon campaign. Both are full-length games, and they're both on the disc. Um, and I've played one level of each. And the levels, each level, and there's six for it, for each uh, faction, last two hours. Nice. So I've only played one level of each. I played a level of each early, and they lasted two hours each. And they're really varied campaigns. It's got a good shooting mechanic. You can transform... The only thing I found lacking, and this is a game called Transformers, is that transforming, which you can do with a click of your joystick, you just click the stick in and you'll transform, you very rarely have to do it because you're super powerful when you're in the robot form. 
with your guns and everything. And when you do transform into the car or the truck or whatever the one, you have less powers. So there's never any reason to do it unless you're. Is there no racing element? There's no racing element. Now, one of the levels I played, there was an element of getting from A to B. It didn't matter how fast you did it, but it seemed to be quicker to Mm. be the truck. So I thought that was a missed opportunity because having to actually transform might have... I mean, transforming is the fun part of Transformers. The noise it makes, you turn into the truck, it looks really cool. It's very rarely a reason to do it. You don't make a really good game, Gulliver's Travels. Somebody made a really good game <laughs> it just occurred to There's me. a movie of Gulliver's Travels. I know, but like a game where you go to all those different worlds and you're, you know what I mean? Like well, what I'm the- saying is this <laughs> this movie of Gulliver, this new Gulliver's Travels movie, I think it's Jack Black who's in it. Awesome. Maybe well, that see. will spawn a game, is what I'm saying. I don't want that out from a movie. I want it to be. Right, right. You know. Um, and uh, so, yeah, Transformers War for Cybertron. It's on the 360 and the PlayStation 3. I, I highly recommend it. I wouldn't buy it at $60, though. Mm. I would probably wait till it's about 30. Rent it. Or rent it. Um, my second game that I've been playing this week is a long-awaited sequel, uh, which arrived on Xbox Live Arcade this week, uh, Puzzle Quest 2, which I mentioned a little bit last week, but this week I have actually been playing it. It's the Puzzle Quest, Bejeweled. I said it last week. It's, mm-hmm. um, but they've turned it into an RPG where there's a story, and the, when you come to fight a monster, you use the Bejeweled board to fight the monster. Now... It isn't just you're playing a, a game of Bejeweled. They've actually adapted the rules, like if you're fighting a dragon, the dragon's on one side of the board and you're on the other. He has so many hit points and you have so many hit points and certain jewels on the board will remove his hit points. But then you have, like, you can collect stuff in the game, like different weapons and stuff, and you can activate different weapons at different times. And if you activate your sword and then you get four red gems in a row, your sword will thrust into the... You know, so you... Mm-hmm. There is a strategy involved. It's not just playing Bejeweled. Because Bejeweled, it's fun, but essentially you just... Oh, I'd do it for hours and hours. Yeah, but... Without this, any blowing up or swords You would or like anything. Puzzle Quest. No, it, it sounds too complicated. And I'm not stupid, I'm saying... Again. I don't like... Oh, that's so huge. No, it's about a half an inch across. I did not say huge. You it? did. Oh, you listen back. And everybody a, write him a note. And I said. Say, you said there's a huge big spider. spider. You said huge or giant. One of those words. So, um, yeah, Puzzle Quest 2. Yeah, and there are spiders in Puzzle Quest 2, actually. I, I fought one last night. Spiders don't hurt anything. Do you know what I love about Puzzle Quest 2? And this is amazing because you buy it off Xbox Live Arcade and it's on the hard drive of your 360. When I've been playing a really intense game like Blur... Uh, with my friends at night and it's really intense and it's quite kind of fatiguing after a while you have to calm down Um, after I've finished I'll put on Puzzle Quest 2 put on a podcast just turn the uh, volume down on the Puzzle Quest 2 the sound and uh, just sit and play it like relaxed at my desk you know and just listen listen to the podcast and I can be playing for two hours while the podcast's on and I don't even realise and I've got through all of the levels it's it's a pretty cool game to play like that um third game I've been playing this week, which uh, me and my nephew played, was um, Toy Story 3. Now, you saw Toy Story 3. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know what I feel? Like, um, we've played quite a few Toy Story games, at least two, or maybe more than that. Um, they're usually aimed very firmly at children, um, and are not usually enough for a grown man to stay with for a long sure. time. Now, I feel that this went the the opposite way. I feel that this was aimed at the gamer. It feels like when you play it. 
aimed at like a higher age who would play with the children if you get what I'm saying like like to keep the mums and dads actually involved in it now it's kind of tricky in parts too and I couldn't mm-hmm. see children doing that the coffee one was tricky yeah yeah exactly and that feels like a, a any level from any adult style platform then again game. maybe children are more sophisticated than you were when you were a child they are but I like the way that this Toy Story 3 game comes off because and you watched us play it it, it basically um, homages every video game that you've loved for the last 20 years I mean there's an homage to something in there even if it's not obvious I mean there was a level I was playing that was exactly like Ratchet and Clank I mean they take all the best things out of Sly Fox yeah there was a level like that there was a level like Mario yeah all kinds of different mechanics from different games all thrown in there and then on top of that the whole story mode there's a open world mode that's completely separate where it's like you could say a GTA but in Toy Story world where you have the whole map open to you and there's challenges to do and different things to collect and it's a big sandbox world which is a game in itself in fact it's bigger than the story game so you know you have all this stuff to do and I am a 40 year old man and I I'm still going to go back and finish it I think this tomorrow probably you know uh, because it's fun that's the thing what they've really keyed in on is as a gamer um, feedback is really important like I mean this is what achievements is all about trophies um, leveling up in modern warfare I've said to you it spurs you to, to carry on now what this game Toy Story 3 is really good at is giving you a thing and then rewarding you and then giving you a thing and then rewarding you're always getting something new always like literally a, two minutes doesn't pass and you'll get a new thing or a new weapon or a new car to drive or a new It it's just really good at I guess positive reinforcement I guess you call it it's like a psychology thing isn't it I'm sure games and psychology have a very mm. close tie you know the reason we want to go and sit and play Warcraft and level up is something in our mind isn't it that so why don't I like that I think some people are tuned to it I am I actually mm-hmm. it's like crack for me like and it's like living in a box to me like you you are completely trapped by give it give me a number to push up you know I, like there mafia again. wars I just say like just stop if mafia you, wars if, if something comes along and you go oh no I don't want to have to get all of these balls then don't but you, it's like you have to and I go I just want to quit so I quit yeah, I love it. So, <laughs> so yeah, Toy Story 3 does this yeah, yeah. Um, really well. It'll keep you playing. I mean, we play, I mean, I wouldn't play a kid, a kid game generally for like eight or nine hours, and I have done with this one. So um, I recommend it. Um, and then finally this week, I've been playing a WiiWare title called Jet Rocket. You saw a little bit of it. It's like, um, it's a WiiWare title, and it looks like a full retail game, which is pretty amazing. It's a downloadable and it was the one with the little guy in the jetpack. I watched for like 10 seconds. Yeah, it's cool. It's like it's borrows a lot from Super Mario Galaxy, I have to admit. But for a WiiWare title on a technical level. What's WiiWare exactly? WiiWare's Xbox Live Arcade for the Wii. It's you go no, on the store, you buy it. And it was like $5 or something? Yeah, $10 this time. Right, right. Um it's, you know, you buy it with Wii points instead of XBLA money. Whatever they have, Microsoft points. So Nintendo has a shop where you uh-huh. download stuff and pay on. Yeah, they sure do. So it's it's a downloadable title that you download to your memory card and your Wii, 
and literally plays like a full retail title. It's big, it's got lots of levels, it's that kind of game. It's um, just like Super Mario Galaxy, it's a 3D platformer. You, the reason it's called um, Jet Rocket is you have a jetpack, and a lot of the puzzles involve using this jetpack. Um, it's really fun, $10 on the Wii Store. Uh, finally, this week, on Tuesday, which will be the day after this holiday, it would have been tomorrow, but I guess we get no mail tomorrow. But on Tuesday, Crackdown 2, which is the long-awaited sequel to Crackdown from 2007, on, on it's an Xbox exclusive, comes out, and I am absolutely like, I'm stoked, because you know how much yep. I love Crackdown. You did? I spent a lot of hours playing Crackdown, and you can vouch for that. Yes. We went on an orb hunt together. Yes. Um, and this has got the same kind of thing, so... Awesome. Now, the only thing about Crackdown 2 is the developer of Crackdown Real-Time Worlds went off to make APB, and Microsoft bought the Crackdown name, and this is an absolutely brand new developer. Not anything to do with mm. the original people who made it. I'm a little bit scared about that, but we will see. Yeah. You know, because... You never know, dear. You? you know, it's like that is pretty much like you can look like it, and then the subtleties would be all off. Yeah, it's all know? off. Like just all like you know, that's all, all like if Bungie make Halo, and then the second one's made by somebody completely different. You know, everybody might say, "Well, like oh. Bioshock." Yeah, Bioshock Two was nowhere near as good. Yeah, yeah. It was nothing to do with the original team. It's like flesh over substance, wasn't it? Like it was cool looking, but the story was lacking. Exactly. And they would, I don't know. It was just like. Let's make another one for some money, I, I imagine. That's what it comes down to, isn't it? Um, Crackdown's had... I mean, Crackdown came out in 2007, and we're getting Crackdown 2 in 2010, so hopefully that's quite a big amount of time to make a game. Hopefully it's really good. I mean, I did play the demo a couple of weeks ago, and I said to you, this just feels like Crackdown 1, but you only get a really tiny bit of the map on the demo, so I can't really tell fully. Cause everyway, shouldn't it feel like the first one? Yeah, I want it to. Right. I don't want them to have messed with it right, right. to try and make it better and then it isn't. Because I felt it was good, the first one. You know, It's the kind of game that you just want to get on Xbox Live with your friends. Because it was co-op, the first one. Two players. And just tool around the city looking for stuff. Just Now this one, they've added four-player co-op. So four of your friends can do it at the same time. Do you time. have three friends? Yes. <laughs> but I, I don't like to play things in four-player co-op. I never have. Um... Call of Duty added four-player co-op to the World at War. And I played the story mode in four-player co-op with three of my friends, and I hated it. I'll tell you why. Because you, I love you, that's the good part, you are a control freak, and you are the barking of the orders at every minute of everything. Where are you? What are you doing? Go over there, do this, do that, come over here, gotta, gotta blow that up, we gotta go over here, we gotta do that. So when you have one guy who loves being bossed around, one of your friends, seems to just soak it up like a sponge... We throw somebody else in there who has a little bit of control issues. It, that's when it's well, like... Well, what, what the problem is on Call of Duty, for instance, is... You cannot cooperate. You well, know? no, yeah. The people I played with, um, there's only a certain amount of enemies in Call of Duty. It's a shooting game. So when there's four of you, it doesn't <laughs> increase the amount of enemies. So half of the time you're like, who do I shoot at? Everybody's already dead. Or you'll get like... One person will storm ahead and kill everybody, and then you'll be behind. And well, that'd be awesome for me. Then you'll walk forward, right, and you'll be like, "I'll be riding on your coattails." You'll be like, "I'm in a whole level there, and I haven't shot anything yet. Where is everything?" Because somebody is going off ahead doing it. So, and it was the same with Halo Three. Right. 
I didn't like it in four-player co-op. I like two-player co-op. I think it's the sweet spot. Now, Gears of War 3, which is coming next year, they've added four-player co-op. doesn't excite me at all, because I'll probably play it with two, you know? I just feel that if you're going to add four players who are intelligent human beings who know how to play games, you have to either up the AI so it's really difficult, you know, or challenging, or add more of them, which they don't generally do. There's still the same amount as one person would be killing. So um, that's Crackdown 2. It's out on Tuesday. I'm sure a lot of people will be buying it because it's a AAA title for Microsoft. Uh, and finally, I wanted to just give a shout out to another podcast, which I think is a work of art slash genius. And it's a My podcast, podcast that only comes along very, not very often. And it's, um, there's only six episodes so far and it's been going about three years. Um, and it's called A Life Well Wasted. And it's a video game podcast. It's hard to describe when I listen to it. It gives me chills down my spine. Oh my goodness, that's nice. The latest one, especially. Um, The way... It's someone who, to whom, games are as beloved as they are to you. And he's like putting out this... It's like a tribute to video games. Exactly, and you feel it. Like you're you're like, oh, I love it just as much as you And it's in a very unique style. Um, He's an an editor. Um, he edits uh, music. Uh, so the podcast, which is usually um, he interviews people about a subject. And then when he's done all the interviews, he goes back to his studio. He composes his own music, which will run throughout the um, episode. And the music's kind of like trip hop slash electronic um, synth kind of music. It's really interesting. It's like a video game style music. He takes the music and he edits parts of interviews to the beat of the music. It's pretty awesome to listen to. And it's like, I listen to it and I, f- I know how long it takes this guy. And I know how much passion he puts into it. And it's not something he's getting paid for. It's just a side thing. Uh, I just, I admire Sounds the whole thing. I admire the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. um, it's, the guy's called Robert Ashley. It's a lifewellwasted.com if you want to listen. There's six episodes the last epi- the episode that just came out, which is called Big Ideas, and the whole front end of it, or the whole the first fifteen twenty minutes, is the story of the guy who licensed Tetris. Um, it's just very interesting. I think you'd like it. It's a really interesting. And story. he also does he does like a graphic, like a poster of like a promo poster for each one. And the sells whole like thing's so slick. Of- it makes me. Jealous, like... Oh, babe, don't be jealous. Yeah. You mean, like, you want to do it? Or you just... You can just soak it it's up. It's just very... It's, it's You're like jealous it. because you don't have that skill? No, I just feel like the whole... Um, no. I just like... I like to consume what he does. Right. But it's very... It's very slick, the whole package. Like, the website, the poster, the podcast itself mm-hmm. I, I don't even call it a podcast it's it's not like a podcast it's like a production audio production yeah I, I've said to you before and this is what it absolutely reminds me of it reminds me of a show on NPR radio a really well produced mm. yeah um, radio show um, not something that yeah yeah I know what you mean not like this show not like <laughs> <laughs> this is a highly produced show you know what we I'm talk- saying and then you upload it. It's I, very I want everybody who listens to this uh, podcast to go and listen to a life well wasted. Though I think it, 
start with well, start with the first episode. Well, yeah. no, don't start with the first episode actually, because it isn't the best one. It doesn't matter. You should start with the first one. You probably and work your way should. Up. The first one's the death of EGM. And oh yeah, I say always start with the when first. EGM magazine died. I mean, they're back now, but when they all got the axe, he dealt with that and went and interviewed them all. It was really interesting. You know, some might say, well, that's all been and gone. But yeah, it's an interesting... Yeah, but definitely start with... Always when you go to a new podcast, I think you should always start with the Now, here's our standalone episodes. Yeah. Um, you could listen to the the latest one, number six, and not have listened to the others. Because it's not a run-through. You don't need to know him. Yeah. He, he has a very monotone voice, and I love his voice, and I've heard people complain about his voice. But no, I, I think it adds... It's the whole thing. It, I listen to his voice, and it... It's a very calming thing. I don't know. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I was wanted to mention that. A life well wasted. I just want to mention that you didn't put that on your list. I did because you raved about it so much this week. I added it because I thought, you surely want to tell people that. I do, and I'm glad you did. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. And for me, what's for dinner? Vegetable chili and rice. And I can smell it right now. The lovely spices and tomato smell. Yeah, I'm hoping that you didn't hear too many fireworks during this podcast. I'm thinking that that probably doesn't get picked up that much. Don't know. You'll find out. Yeah. Um, and we went to my niece's, our niece's, wedding this weekend. Yeah, on Friday. Friday. And it was loads of fun. And I'm not a fun, outgoing kind of... I like events, right? I like events that I've planned and done everything for. Or that I can just kind of show up, kind of skulk around and then leave. But in this one, I mean, it's someone that I love. One of my favorite people on the planet, you know... That will be for all time. So, knowing, not knowing in her heart what she feels, but I mean, she's 20-something, getting married. She loves her boyfriend, now husband. Um, They're all very, like, a sensitive, alive, kind of vibrant youth of how important these things are. You know, like, at the ceremony, you know, his brother read a thing about his big brother taking this lovely woman into his life and stuff. And I thought, you know, I remember being in my 20s. Everything's and I was so a lot bad. more lyrical and a lot more poetic and a lot everything was a lot deeper, you know. I don't know. Or maybe it's not deeper, it's on the surface more. You're saying we're just jaded old people now. Um, I think I feel things more deeply, right? And as you feel things more deeply and they go all the way down to your core as if I may be so gotta work the so core. claim, so weird. But the heart of you. Then as it comes back out and you're thinking about it in real life, there's a lot of to filter through in your life. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, when you're young, you don't filter any of that feelings. You don't filter what's going on in your life. It's all on the surface of you. Right. It's like you're just, everything, like you're a, like you're an open nerve, right? And I just, I was like, that's just, it's lovely to see that, you know, like, um, and then like five minutes after they had misplaced a piece of paper, not misplaced it, according to the bride, um, but it wasn't there, the thing that needed to be signed by the pastor guy, and there was this very controlled their now husband and wife had been maybe for seven minutes at the most. And there was this like, honey, remember three months ago when we talked about this and we said you need to put it in the... <clears throat> yes, dear. They I remember. It, no, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, but the point have. was, it was like immediately after. They're in front of everybody. And she's like, I know. It is not lost. It is somewhere. And it was like this, like they wanted to cut loose on each other, but it was just so hysterical. What was quite funny is uh, the conclusion to the wedding ceremony itself... The wedding march came on. The oh yeah, it's the wedding march came on, 
Whereas in a traditional wedding, the wedding march would come on and the bride and the groom would leave. And all like, the wedding party files yeah, out. Yeah, files out slowly. Well, the wedding march came on for about 10 seconds and then it quickly cut to Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up, which internet became an internet phenomenon. Due They're to young. The, they know what they it They basically was. Rick-rolled the uh, audience. So, But none of us knew what it meant. So. Well, you did. I didn't. Uh, some people knew. Um, Maybe about three of you. But I thought that was quite good because it was <laughs> it was a joke that meant something to them. And they're all like computer programmers, IT people, all these young people. And they thought it was hilarious. Yeah. But your mum said, "Oh, oh she loved cute. it. That was cute music they played at the end." And I didn't get it because I don't do that internet I bullshit stuff. No offense. I feel but. I feel like I was in with the cool kids. But I'm glad that you went. Um, afterwards, we went to or before. Oh, we went to the wedding ceremony, which was at his parents' house, right? In Kansas City. In Kansas City. It was very hot, which was, you know, it was outside. It was very hot. But it was lovely. It was really, it wasn't very long. There was one song that you felt was a bit long, but, you know, we got through it. Sweaty. None worse for wear. And then we went to a shopping center kind of place where they were having their reception, which was at this place called Dave and Buster's, which I'd never heard of, but it's an arcade. uh, The shopping center in Kansas City is called Legends. Right, Legends. And, um... We decided to get something to eat because none of us, my mom, my nephew, and you and I, none of us had eaten. And we got up at seven and we drove there. And we like it was by this time it's four o'clock in the afternoon, so we went to this place called the Rainforest Cafe in another place called T Rex, which is this cheesy, over the top, kitschy dinosaur rainforest like, kind of like place. Jurassic Park, the ride. Right, but you know what? In a restaurant, I really loved it. I wouldn't go there every week. I don't. We had good food. I, I personally think the food was good. Yeah, not spectacular. No, but it was quite like, pricey. It was pricey, but my mom paid. So it's like price. ten bucks for There's a sandwich. Big fish tank next to it. And the only thing problem with the fish tank is, I think those fish should be swimming in the ocean. But whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like, you know, you, you're looking up and there's a giant dinosaur, dinosaur bones, dinosaur relic. Of course, it's all plastic and shit. But it doesn't matter. It's like an experience I would never have done for myself. Now, if I did ever go there again on a fluke, I would want to eat in the ice cave room because upstairs it's like the walls are all white. And did you have a up. choice? So was it just where she put us? No, nah, she just put us over there. But, I mean, I thought that was really fun. And then going to the arcade for the reception, again... Oh, yeah, Dave & Buster's is an arcade slash bar, bar slash restaurant. restaurant, yeah. And another thing, we wouldn't think of... I mean, you love arcades, you always have, and but me, it doesn't seem that appealing, but along with their wedding reception, they bought... I mean, they get all these cards for people, so you get a card to go play games, and I think we all thought, oh, this will last about five minutes and then we'll have to pay. We played Lasted two and a half night. hours, yeah. constant. We got like 6,000 points or whatever tickets from playing. And I found out that I love playing the basketball one. I think, I think that the card ball. that they gave us for three was like a $30 card, basically. I don't know, man. I think it must have been more than that. Cause because it, we cause when I swiped my first time, it was like you have 290 left. And I think 300 is $30. Yeah, but to me, that's pretty cheap then. Because we played all evening. I mean, yeah. we played a long time. But I mean, was I fun. was literally swiping it into a machine at the end just to f- finish it off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, that's because we were kind of ready to go home. We'd been up around. That's what I mean. It was like getting late. And at the end, we ended up with about 4,000 points left. I gave it to my other nephew, and he and my brother stayed. Then a couple, another two hours playing. But it was really fun. It's like, you know, I can be very judgmental of, of pending experiences and go, oh, I don't really want to go to that thing with that person because, oh, you know, I'm not going to enjoy it. But there's something about when there's someone that you care about, and it's their event... And then you just let it go, and you go, and then you find... It's not like we were glued to her the whole time. We barely spoke to her. We spoke to her a few times. She had a lot of people to talk to. And uh, that was a lovely day. I have to say, there was a guy playing a game that had the worst breath. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
that we were stood playing a game and I said to you, there's some funny smells in this place. And you, the guy... My eyes widened and I looked at you and I go, it's is that death. Guy. Yeah, and it was literally like, the guy was, you know, he was five feet away from me. He was His head was right next and to I, mine. And it smelled like shit. Oh, it was awful. I could barely stand it. I was, I was gaggy, like... like yeah, so um, it's really so awful. listen, people, brush your teeth <laughs> or something. <laughs> Take your halitosis home. But it was yeah. really a good time, and it was easy. You know, it's an easy drive from here, and um, I thought it was really nice. Yeah, I'd like to go to that. When we got home, we were both starving for a good cup of tea because you had the shittiest like cup of tea. I'd like to go to Legends yeah. uh, place when we're not on a schedule of that kind. The shop look, I, I wanted to look around the shops, but we were kind of. Rushing around. Yeah. I mean, when know. we walked in the Willy Wonka's, oh my god. I Smelled did want it, didn't one bite at least of chocolate, but we didn't. I'd like to look in that Nike store a bit longer, but I didn't want to keep your mum like walking around shops with us, you know? Oh, yeah. I'll tell her. You think she's so old she can't walk around. Not that. Just that <laughs> we weren't there for that, so. Yeah. And uh, this, this the side thing of you think about... I was taking loads of pictures because my niece asked me to bring my camera and take lots of pictures. And people look at you kind of funny when you get down on the floor. Like, I lay my camera on the floor and take a picture of shoes. Or I get close up to someone from the side of their face. And they kind of look at you like, oh, I ain't taking a picture of that. But the thing is, when you're at the event... And it was a good time for me. I had a good time the whole day. But that versus the memory of the event, when you go back and look at photos... It's like the enhanced version of the event. Because any time that you had to wait around or any time that you were extra hot or any time that you maybe were a little bit bored or maybe you were a little bit anxious, all that melts away when you focus on those photos of weird stuff, good stuff. I got loads of pictures of the bride and groom and lots of pictures of little weird things. I took a picture of the messy bathroom where she got ready. And I think that some people who dread going to an event or a gathering or something, if it's a big deal like this, someone getting married, that's a big deal, or a graduation or something like that, just take a lot of pictures, and then you'll experience it better. You know? It's like watching a movie the second time, and you go, oh my god, that was so awesome. I would forgot all the best parts. You know? So, that's what I say. Right. Do the thing. I'm glad. I'm, I think that you enjoyed yourself as well, which is a good thing. Yes, I did. I, the, I would ordinarily really dislike a wedding, uh, especially a reception where everybody just sits around tables and that's it for the entire night. But I think putting it in an arcade yeah. actually made it custom made for me. <laughs> you think I'll tell her? I'll tell her. He's yeah, really, well, he's they really obviously like the same thing. I exactly. Do. They're totally uh, good. And I've never been to a wedding in an arcade. They're always in a boring room and nothing really happens. This one was really interesting. I there think. was the groom's cake. Was uh, his grandma made him a meatloaf cake that was iced with potatoes? I'm talking about my iced with mashed potatoes, which was kind of an interesting take Gr- on the groom's cake. Yeah, the groom's cake, and uh, there were poppers and uh, glowy bracelets bubbles. they had at every base table, and we blew bubbles and youthful, charming little, not little really. I thought it was quite. There's like forty or fifty people there at the end, like seven or eight people per table, and there were seven tables, whatever that. Yeah, is. it was pretty, yeah. pretty packed. I think, and the food was good. My niece specifically picked out a menu that they were offering that had loads of, like, a salad, roasted potatoes, roasted carrots, because we haven't been eating meat for over a year now. She took that in consideration. Yeah, I had vegetarian. Uh, I just had all the vegetable pasta. Me too. It was really good. <laughs> Me too. I had carrot. Yeah. Roast potato, salad, tomatoes. I had exactly the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And it was good. Very good. Especially, you know, because we'd, we'd already had a vegetarian. <laughs> we didn't tell her, though, because it was like, don't tell her that we ate before we went to eat. Because we, we were hungry, starving. And we went and had a full meal. And then <laughs> about just... an hour later, we had to have another meal. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Because you're only eating vegetables, I really think that makes a difference. Yeah, like, I wasn't, you're not I wasn't mega down. full at any time. Until we got home, and then we were starved, and we had tea. 
Because you had the shittiest cup of tea you said you ever had yep. at that <laughs> Yeah, well, what is it? Like, America, America in general. A cup of hot tea. It's pretty much like an alien thing. So we ask the... <laughs> there's always some funny thing. I always want a cup of tea, and I'll say, do you do a cup of tea? And they always say, of course we do a cup of tea. And, but then the, just the, the look they give you... like he, And then like, and we you, went, yeah, so we'll have a cup of tea, uh, hot tea, and some milk in it. And he kind of went, huh, huh. And I said to you, he walked away... <laughs> And I said to you, I bet you he brings us a full glass of milk and some tea. <laughs> and what did he bring? A full glass of milk. A cup of hot water. Yep. And another little thing of hot water. Uh-huh. Three tea bags, none of which were... Too, one of them was Earl Grey, which you don't like anyway, but no. that's one he had. And a big glass, like a large glass of, of milk, milk with a like straw. Like a full glass of milk you give a kid. <laughs> and then I said, the little container with the hot water, and I said, is that is that milk? He goes... No, that's water. I, know, I said, is that milk or cream or something? He goes, no, do you want cream? And I said, no, that's what the milk was for. And he's like... Um, okay. He didn't, he didn't I mean, it was understand. very friendly and nice, but he didn't get well, it. Yeah, it was a terrible <laughs> cup of tea, and it probably cost five dollars. So we got home. We ate tea, toast, leftover curry. I think I had some angel food cake. Is about angel food cake on the way home because we were like starving, but it was good. It was a good, good. So yeah, that's uh, that was the event. And I'm going to say ich lerne Deutsch, ich which lerne means Deutsch. I am learning German. Correct. Nice one. I'm, I'm learning German. I'm if anyone out there knows German or is German and wants to give me any hints, I'm learning only by listening and I'm looking up some translations, but I want to learn as much as I can before September when I go to Germany. I'll say for a week. Ein, zwei, drei, ein, I've, zwei, I've learned drei. the numbers. Go and do it. Ein, ein zwei, drei, zwei, drei, uh, vier, fünf, sechs, sieben, acht, neun, and null is zero. And then there's elf. Zwolf. Zwolf. Okay, that's enough. Okay, that's all. All right, so <laughs> we're we're not a uh, linguistic show, even though they're pretty good. Though I've got three podcasts that are awesome. I'm learning from one Irish chick, right? She's got a really thick Irish brogue, and she does the German thing. And then I've got a totally American chick who's doing it, and then I've got a German chick. So we've got a nice mixture of pronunciations. I think that's good. The German chick's the one to go by. Um, but then again, you don't know what part of Germany she's from. So. She is though. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just tell you. <laughs> so, um, thanks for listening to the uh, podcast. That's all we got for you this week. Um, I want to remind you about our website, aschoolie.com, which is dressed up for the 4th of July, um, if you go there Tis. before tomorrow. Um, and sidtalk.com, which I don't think is dressed up for the 4th of July. I kind of lazed out on this one. You can catch us both on Twitter and Facebook. I've got the independent spirit. I don't feel I need to be like everybody else. Uh, twitter.com slash sidtalk twitter.com slash ascully same on facebook without the twitter um, xbox live youtube uh, you can catch this podcast on the itunes music store the zoom marketplace and just go to ascully.com click on the word podcast all your subscription needs will be met there um, if you're traveling in a car for instance from Long uh, ways Florida away. to Kansas City. Maybe you can pick up this podcast and listen to it streaming off the page. <laughs> so um, on your iPhone. On your iPhone, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's. You can also email feedback to me at aschoolyaschoolie dot com. Don't e- email Sid Talk if you've listened. Don't think about having to pee. Don't think about having to pee. Don't think about having to go pee. Is this one? Scroll up. I want another number. What do you mean? Yeah, I was going to say, if you've listened to all 129 podcasts, you will know not to email Sid Talk. <laughs> yeah. And um, I want to say uh, stay classy Ben Stiller. That was a classy performance was, by Ben Stiller. It was. 
And I'm gonna say, think for yourself! In the, viva la independence! Think for yourself, or someone will come along and do it for you! Yeah, and, and if you heard fireworks during this show, we, um, they're just in the nature it's, of the celebration. It's celebratory. 